Hi friends, Evelina here. Welcome to the Homecomings Podcast, an audible initiative sharing vulnerable conversations with purpose-driven creatives on their life journeys, all with the intention to inspire people listening to discover the meaning of home in their own lives and come deeper back to their truest versions of self. We use home as a metaphor to represent all that beckons comfort, familiarity, and belonging for your unique life journey. Whether that's through the work that you do, the people you surround yourself with, or the things that bring you the most joy in life. Because to live a life with more home means to live a more mindful and beautiful life. And isn't that the greatest intention for us all? I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hello, friends. Welcome. Welcome. Episode two, season two, we're here today, and I'm so pumped to be sharing this episode with my dear guest and former client, Jessica Toomey. Jessica is a health and wellness coach focused on helping women navigate life's big transitions with ease by teaching them how to create, establish, and maintain habits that support their goals. And the way that Jessica does this is through her incredible coaching business called The Whole Pursuit. Now, I'm really pumped to be sharing this episode today, one, because it's the first guest interview of many to come in this season. If you missed episode one last week, it was a solo one where I'm recapping three and a half months of my world travels that I did last year at the tail end of 2023. So if you missed that one, be sure to go back and listen. It's a goodie. It's a vulnerable one. It's a personal one with a lot of great shares. But today and for the next eight upcoming weeks, I am sharing my very special one-to-one guest interviews. And we're kicking off with Jessica's story today, and it's such a good one. I was editing the show this week, and we recorded this episode a few months ago, and I was just instantaneously brought back to the conversation I had with Jess when the recording was live, and was brought back to just all the good energy, and just, I want to use the word fire, (laughs) That was channeled in this dialogue because I know for me, when I was listening back to this conversation, and hopefully for all you dear listeners, you're able to really feel the passion and the purpose behind Jessica's voice and all that she does with her business. And we recorded this episode a few months ago when her business, which is now full-time coaching, was still a passion project, or we can say a side hustle. She was in a traditional nine to five, more corporate work setting. But on the side, she had this pull to be supporting women in particular with fitness, nutrition, mindset, holistic coaching. And that slowly started to gain traction and legs over time, eventually to the point where she was ready to take this thing full time and launch it to the world. And what I love about Jess's journey is I feel like it's such a beautiful way to bring your that passion project or that burning desire on your heart to life and i especially loved it because it was the exact same journey that i navigated with starting my business i was working full-time traditional kind of more corporate nine to five setting but on the side i was doing my freelancing i was signing up for courses i was i mean really throwing myself into learning and working with other people and getting a feeler for what it's like to kind of be autonomous and run my own show to the point where 
when I eventually got laid off from my job, I had built up enough of the education, the connections, the wisdom, the confidence too, to be able to really do this full time. So for anyone out there who's listening, who is sitting with that burning desire on their hearts or that dream or that vision of like, I really want to do this, but I have no idea how. Jess's story is such a beautiful example of someone who was able to take that kind of seed, that seedling idea of this little passion project and really bring it to life where now she's doing it. She's crushing it full time as a business owner. So it's so amazing. Um, And really the last thing I want to say on this is I always just encourage people whenever they share with me, like whether again, it's an idea or they're actually doing it, like keep doing it because it's going to gain traction when you are on the path of doing something that really lights you up and leaves you fulfilled, then the path is going to keep unfolding. And this isn't something that you could plan or control. Like you really kind of have to surrender, but just keep following the clues And it's going to lead you to exactly where you want to go. For me, that's led me to starting my own business and also for Jessica. So if that's something that you see yourself doing, um, then just keep following it. But I do want to just mention a little brief tangent is some of the clients who I've worked with, and I'm sure if you've tuned into season one, you might have heard, there are a few examples of people who didn't even ever know they wanted to start their own business. Sometimes it comes as a surprise when you're following the little clues and again just aligning with what feels good to you you might be hit with i don't know a few people or opportunities that literally push you into doing something that you never thought you would like being a business owner an entrepreneur or whatever it is so this is just all to say no one's journey is the same everyone has their unique paths but i think What Jessica is navigating is such a beautiful example of just one way that you could do it. So the episode today is really special for a lot of the reasons that I just listed, but also because of the incredible talking points that we get into. Specifically, I would say if I was to kind of thematize, if that's a word, or give a theme to this conversation, it is all about transitions and change Uh, And grief as a concept also, Jessica so vulnerably and openly talks about the journey that she navigated with the loss of her father several years back and what that looked like for her, how she had to face grief and surrender and really learn to understand her emotions and ask for support in order to get through this super difficult and life-changing, low, hard moment in her life. But what I left just feeling so, I mean, truly lit up and inspired by was hearing how Jessica was able to, we want, I guess we can use the word leverage, like leverage her grief and her hardship into her purpose, into what she's doing now with her clients. And I think that to me personally, because I have similar experiences where I've navigated specific hardships. And now I'm kind of channeling them into the work that I do because I've been in those low places and Jessica as well as doing that with her business. And, you know, you hear about those people, whether it's on podcasts or books you read or just stories you hear like people in their lowest lows, but just come out of these really tough moments and then just go full send (laughs) with their life's work. 
And I think there's something, well, I know there's something to be said around those really challenging moments, like those suck moments when we think like, why is this happening to me? not for me, you know, it's like that perspective shift, right? Like we're maybe in that victim mode or we're helpless or we're just like, why God, like, why are you doing this to me? And it isn't up until we overcome that and we're on the other side that then we can look back because hindsight is always such a beautiful thing and we can maybe understand the reason why. And I think for a lot of instances, especially if you're a business owner or an entrepreneur listening, if there are those moments, those pain points in your life, that you can like, I don't know, like root into. And again, that word, this word like leverage is coming to mind. Leverage for the work that you're doing. It's this whole concept of like turning your pain into your purpose because nothing happens for no reason, or at least I'm a believer that everything is so intentional for us, right? Like everything that is happening for us, not to us, for us (laughs) is all for its reasons. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't see that and they miss those opportunities to maybe steer them on the path or guide them on that direction. And what Jessica was able to do in overcoming her grief and coming out on the other side of it, learning so much about herself and these emotions, and she was able to turn that into a gift, we can maybe say, with now working with other women in her business helping them now navigate their own seasons of grief, but in so many different capacities that doesn't necessarily have to be the physical or maybe literal way. When we think about grief, like we think like, Oh, this grief a lot of times, or at least for me, you know, the first word that comes to mind when I think of grief is death and grief is a whole spectrum of different things, or it certainly can be, you know, the loss of a relationship, the loss of a job, the loss of your identity, This whole concept of identity shift is actually something that we really touch on in this conversation because the clients that Jessica works with specifically are women in transition, meaning women in two very specific periods of their lives. It's it's the motherhood journey. It's when you become a new parent for the first time. And just as an aside, like if there's men listening to this is so totally applicable, even though we're diving into like women specific um I guess, conversation, but this is totally applicable to anyone or any gender listening. Um, so it's, it's that first, maybe we can call it like huge milestone in a lot of people's lives, like becoming a parent. And then the second being like, when you are an older parent and your children now are adults and they leave. So what do those two big pivotal moments of your life look like? And Sadly, you know, those are those moments for a lot of people where they are at their lowest lows because it's so much change that's happening that a lot of people don't know how to navigate it. And so this is exactly where support is such a beautiful thing that comes in. And so Jessica and I talk so much about this, the beauty and power of support and coaching in particular as a modality to help you navigate these transitions. She shares so many incredible, tangible and tactical Um, just tools and resources that you can apply in your own life if you're navigating a season of change and shares how she navigated her own personal one when that came to the loss of her father, but also her own journey with becoming a parent. Jessica is a mom. And what I also really appreciated in this dialogue was some of the stories that she shared about her daughter and just 
being a mom and what that's taught her so much beauty in those lessons. And it really left me so expanded. I even shared at one point, like, listen, I'm not a parent yet, but if, and when that season of my life comes, like I'm coming back to this conversation because there's so much goodness you just dropped here. Like I'm bookmarking this done. <laughs> so that's just a little preview of some of the incredible talking points and rabbit holes that we venture down into with Jessica on this episode. And if you're tuning in and super curious about coaching or mentorship of any kind, maybe you're in a season of change, maybe you're a new parent, maybe you just need a conversation with someone to understand how mentorship could serve you, I can't recommend reaching out to Jessica enough. She is a treasure trove of wisdom and hopefully like me, if you're listening, you're able to just really tune into the passion and fire that she has for this work and the work that she does. So without further ado, you guys, I'm so excited to share this episode with Jessica Toomey of The Whole Pursuit. Hello, Jess. How Hi. are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to have you here on the show. We're going to dive into all the things, your journey, yes. um, our process working together. And I think I'm especially excited to chat with you because to date, all of the the guests on the show have been former clients who have already been in the thick of running their businesses. Okay. It's either a couple of years or they're, you know, they're like, we can say seasoned entrepreneurs. <laughs> but what's really exciting is you are in this beautiful in-between where you're actually still at your current full-time job, but you are dreaming and building and pouring your soul into crafting the whole pursuit yep. to go <laughs> full time. Yeah. So I wanted to kick off by essentially you having, um, you sharing your, where you're at with the audience. What are you currently doing? Um, what is the whole pursuit? If you could just give a quick backstory yeah. um, of what that is, the the side passion project that you have going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the whole pursuit is my interpretation of just really going after what you want in life. Um, you know, it started out for me with a journey through health. Uh, you know, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease in 2016 and it prompted me. I mean, I'm a science nerd anyway, so it was like down the research rabbit hole for me. And what I uncovered was just, there's so many lifestyle factors that go into stress response and and how we adapt to our environments and our situations and food and you know food and fitness are just one part of that so through you know having a, a side hustle for quite a few years now coaching clients mostly on health and nutrition i really figured out that it's actually every aspect of your life that needs to be addressed to to feel whole and to feel you know like you can get up every day and whatever life throws at you is not going to completely wreck you or cripple you in, in one way or another. And it's just that resilience, that extreme amounts of stress, internal, external, mental, all of the things really just starts to wear you down and your capacity and your resilience just is really lessened by that. So that's really the purpose of it is just to help people realize that there are some small but significant shifts you can make in your day-to-day -day life that have a tremendous impact on how you feel. And you can live your life really well without 
all these extenuating circumstances really affecting your, your state of mind and your body. Um, so right now that looks like, uh, you know, group and one-to-one coaching for individuals that are looking for some help and guidance with accomplishing those things. Um, you know, and we dig into all realms. Um, you know, my process really starts with understanding where they're at in multiple categories of their life. So we, use a a great little graph to kind of give you a visual of, you know, let's say from a personal relationship standpoint, you're at like a two and you want to be at like an eight. Um, You know, financially you're at a 10, but you're also stressed all the time. So is that really worth it? So it's really, it's a helpful kind of like, this is where you are now. And we revisit it a couple months into the program to see how that's progressing Um, And just a variety of different tricks and tools and resources that I have found and accumulated over the years of certifications and research and my own kind of trial and error that I have found to work really well. And, you know, that's that's really where the focus of this work is now. Um, And yeah, hopefully it will be moving into much bigger and greater things sooner than later. Yes, undoubtedly, I believe it. <laughs> yeah. So what I what I really really love, and what we when we were working together, so for people listening, Jess and I dove into a really deep intensive strategy for her brand, um, essentially to unpack what is the whole pursuit, what are the different avenues, and um, you know, essentially discover the positioning for what it is. And with you, Jess, being the 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 woman behind this, the brand establishing your identity in a way. Um, and I think what was really fascinating, one of the biggest takeaways is you lead this, this passion project of yours with a very holistic slash integrative perspective. And you spoke to that just, just now to speaking to like, it's not just about the health and the fitness. It's so much more than that. And I think, you know, holisticism has become such a more mainstream thing yeah. now. And I'm curious if you can speak to how that basically came to be for your business, like, was there a moment when you came to work with a client or maybe even from your own personal experience where you realize it's like, okay, it's not just about what you're putting into your body. It's the emotional stress. It's the mental stress. It's, it could even be the spiritual aspects and quality of your life. So was there a moment like that for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I think you might, you know, initial, journey was a couple of years of really just focusing on nutrition, focusing on, on fitness. I was over-exercising. I was under eating and a lot of things going on that was causing internal cellular stress that I wasn't really aware of. So that was a very enlightening moment was like, so if your balance is off, even if you're doing the good things, your body can still have the stress response. So that was one that I thought was fascinating. And like I said, I, I'm hundred percent a science nerd. Like I, I love figuring all of those things out. So it was really, it was exciting for me to kind of have at least a little bit of an answer for why, you know, my workouts didn't seem to be having the same effect or I didn't feel as energetic during them and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fast forward, uh, to a few years ago when, you know, I felt like I was at the top of my game personally, I was very, uh, in tune with my body and, you know, coaching some clients through things like that. And then I lost my dad very suddenly and it was, you know, the extreme situation of emotional, mental, spiritual stress that happened. And I was like, 
I should be able to handle this better. Like I've learned how to manage stress with my body, but I was managing it through food and through movement. Mm-hmm. I was not managing it mentally or emotionally. And that was a very eye-opening experience for me to say, okay, well, all of it goes together. And when you're stressed, your body reacts to that stress. And so the things that you normally do, they don't work to the same degree anymore. And realizing that on a day-to-day basis, you know, I kind of like to envision myself as like a full cup, <laughs> like up to my head is, is full, right? Like you have all this space. And on a given day, you pretty much, you know, most of us max ourselves out to that capacity between work and kids and life and, you know, all the things. And when you have an extreme trauma or an extreme stressor, that ends up taking up a ton more space and leaving you with very little for your day to day. That was a something one of my coaches gave me for a visual. And I was like, oh, wow. I'm like, I just don't have the capacity to operate at the same level that I had been because my grief and my pain is taking up a lot of space. And that was very, very eye-opening because it allowed me to look at people differently too, because you you know, when you see people have a, a snap reaction to something or whatever, you automatically, you know, make some assumptions about them as a person and like all the things like, oh, you need to handle your anger or whatever, (laughs) you know, because I mean, it's how we're wired and we're conditioned to like always just be okay. That's not real life. Um, and so it just, it gave me such a different compassion for, for what people are experiencing and going through and that we have these different seasons of life where things are going to take more energy than they did before. And then you can kind of pull back as you start to heal or, you know, whether that's physically, mentally, spiritually, all the things. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And wow, that story that you shared about your father passing, it's, it's so, um, it's so wild to think about in this context where, you know, you navigating in the moment was probably, you know, it sounds like the most hardest thing ever. I can't even imagine. But in the context of what you are doing now and working with clients on such a deeper level that goes beyond just the physical, like you alluded to, it's almost like that moment had to happen for to for you, not to, but for you, mm-hmm. Um in order to kind of get you to this place where you are now. And I've embraced this. um, This is more, I mean, I feel like I've always been more, I I consider myself a very glass half full (laughs) type of person. It's like always looking at those (laughs) situations in life. It's like, you know, like with that optimism, but as of recently, it's like looking, especially at those hardships and recognizing like, wow, okay, this is happening for a reason. And I might not know why, but it's going to unfold in some way. And it sounds to me like that, unfolded for you in order to almost like up level you or bring you this depth that you can now integrate with your clients in your work. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I, you know, grief is, is a thing that, you know, I think if you're an empathetic person, you can, you can idealize with it a little bit, but until you've actually gone through a significant loss of, you know, a deep emotional capacity it's very hard to understand what people are going through. And it's it's so nuanced and it's so special and it's so individual because you're the only person who had that relationship with whoever it is. You know, my, it was, it was hard for me to grasp that like 
it didn't have the same effect on everybody that it had on me. And I was like, well, that makes sense. Like nobody had the same relationship with him that I did. And it just, it gave me such, such perspective. And I mean, to be completely honest, it's, it's taken, you know, it's been just over three years and it's, it's taken me about this long to be able to have like a, a, an actual conversation like this without, you know, totally going into the emotional state of it. But it's, um, loss is the one thing that we can all know is coming at some point or another. It is, Mm -hmm. death is the most complete part of life. And yet we go through our entire lives pretty much until you have a significant loss, not knowing any idea how to deal with it. Because why would you, you know, it's just, it's just something we're not taught. And I, I hope that other people can, you know, hear stories like mine or other people's and just realize that it's, you know, you, you do have more capacity than you think, but you have to, you have to provide yourself with that space and that safety to, to feel, because if you don't, it just stays kind of stuck. And that's where a lot of us, I think, end up because we're just not sure how to process through. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now, hearing you speak about your journey of grief, um, can you share, and I'm just curious, and I wonder too, for, for people listening, either navigating this or anyone just experiencing loss, whether it's, you know, the loss of a relationship yeah. or the loss of a job or any other, other situation, what did that process of healing specifically look like for you? You mentioned you were working with a coach. Did mm-hmm. you lean on support from coaching? Was it more so just, um, I don't know, I guess I'm curious, like books or modalities or things that you turn to that really helped you navigate that journey. Yeah. So I, um, obviously just being in the coaching world myself, that was my initial go-to. I, I have found just my personal experience. I've been in therapy a handful of times, you know, with a, with a psychologist and things like that. I'm a very self-aware person. And so that normal therapy conversation can sometimes fall a little flat and having some tangible, um, actionable steps to take away is, is more in my wheelhouse and how my brain works. So coaching was a more natural path. I think whatever feels good as an outlet is really important to explore. Um, I, you know, therapy, talking to a trusted friend or family member. Um, I think it's the action of talking it out or the action of expressing, whether that's through art, like I, I, picked up painting, um, which is not something I would have normally done. I painted a little bit. Um, so, you know, art therapy is a beautiful, expressive way to manage through difficult emotions. Um, but my, I, I specifically sought out a grief coach and, uh, we worked through a book together, um, as well. And it, the process was a lot about allowing, um, and I think that that's where a lot of us struggle is because we're kind of conditioned from being young to resist our strong, heavy, difficult emotions in an effort to make everyone around us more comfortable because we all know big emotions can be pretty scary <laughs> for most people. Um, and so I think it was this this process and this action of just letting it out. Um, I wrote more than I ever have, uh, in my adult life, just, I would be overcome by something and I would just write it down. And that in and of itself was a very helpful kind of cathartic exercise. Um, it, 
I think it's also worth mentioning that there is this process, part of this process is almost a little bit shutting yourself off to others. In And I, I don't mean that in the sense of like, you don't let other people in, but I do mean it's almost like a cocoon. Like you, you need that kind of armor for a little while and, and to allow yourself the space to deal. Um, and then when you come out of it, you can slowly kind of allow those, those people to come back into, um, and to share your pain and your grief, because it's, it's not something that's meant to be dealt with completely alone. Like it's, um, it's very Uh isolating if you allow yourself to get to that point. And I do think that my, the habits that I had in place prior to that absolutely gave me a, a, you know, it, it helped me work through things at a little bit of a faster pace. You know, when you're supporting your nervous system through food and movement and, you know, things like journaling or, um, spending time by the ocean or spending time by water in the mountains, in nature, any of those things really regulate can help you regulate your nervous system. And so I think if you're doing that, you are automatically creating more space for the heavy things that you're trying to, to process and work through. Um, but there are, there are so many things out there that I think are very helpful. Um, and I think just knowing that you're, you're never actually going to be over it. Um, that is not, that is not something that happens. I saw a beautiful, uh, I'm super um, like vision imagery based and those things resonate with me a lot, but it was a jar. It was like a tiny jar and grief was like overflowing it and it was like all over the place and it, it wasn't, um, it obviously wasn't fitting in. The grief was very big, but the next image was just a larger jar the grief had not gotten smaller. The jar and the space to allow it had gotten bigger. And that I was just like, Mm. I was like, holy shit. Like that is the most, I think, accurate image that I have found with how this process goes. Because honestly, I don't ever want to let go of my grief. It's, it's, it's part of who I am now. That is, you know, a moment that completely changed me as a person. And that is not something that I will ever let go of. I have more space for it. And most days it doesn't feel as heavy as it did before, but it's still always going to be there. And I think accepting that is a huge, huge part of the healing process too, because we just kind of want to get rid of it because it hurts, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. 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 You touched on so many beautiful takeaways and just hearing the, the depth of all that you navigated from that is for me, especially because we worked so intimately together in the brand strategy process, but it really gives me just a deeper sense of the takeaways that you've garnered from this experience and how you're applying them in, in, in the work that you do with clients. Like I can, I can see, and I can understand that you going through all of that now in a way puts you in this place to work with women because that is your specialty. You're working with women in transitions who, yeah, in a, in a way, they're navigating their own cycles and seasons of grief. And we've talked about this, and I actually would love to dive into this with you and talking about these two beautiful categories of women that you serve that we identified yeah. in, our, in our work together, where it's 
women in transition is what we identified. So it's, yeah. it's, it's new mothers who are stepping into their parenting journey and also older mothers who are essentially transitioning into this chapter where their children are older, they're leaving the nest and they're on their own. So it's these two seasons of change. And with that comes so much grief yeah. of their identities, of their lifestyles, all of that. So can you talk a little bit about specifically the clients that you work with and maybe unpack a little bit of those two um, like core demos and especially to um, now that we were on this like larger topic of grief, how your personal takeaways play into how you specifically work with these clients in these situations, navigating these transitions. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, there's just something so amazing about how we transition as women from one, one stage of life to the next. I think we are, you know, if I peel it back just a little bit to how I grew up, I was, I was very much given the message that like femininity was, um, was basically just sexual and it wasn't, uh, you know, it, it wasn't about this like just intimate feminine power and knowing that we have. And I really, truly believe that we are just the most complex creatures and navigate so many things and are held to these contradicting standards on such a regular basis. And so, you know, the, the journey from not being a mother to becoming a mother is, I mean, like hit me like a freight train. I, I was 100% one of those. I'm, I'm still a very high achieving individual, very type A, very driven, um, self-motivated and, you know, recovering people pleaser, recovering perfectionist is what I like to say. Um, Guilty. Guilty as well. You know, as like I, oldest child, you know, oldest female child syndrome and like all of those things. Um, so, I mean, I legitimately was like, I'm going to strap on this baby and like life's going to continue as usual. Like there's no, just like, it's just what you do. And I got wrecked. Like I... I was completely wrecked. I was dealing with postpartum depression. I was, I left my full-time job, which I never thought I was going to do, but I had like this terrifying anxiety about leaving my very small baby with a stranger. And all of these, all of these things, you start to just like come into your realm of awareness that were just not there before. And so that in and of itself is extremely stressful. You're like, who am I? in this new, it's, you feel like foreign in your body. You've just had, you know, basically somebody sucking the life out of you for, you know, 10 months, which is in and of itself an amazing, fascinating thing to have happen to your body. But then, you know, baby comes and most moms, I would gather to say, deal with this sense of loss of self that, is very hard. Um, and especially if you go from, you know, working full time, being, you know, a very independent type of able to support yourself person to then maybe having to depend on your partner or spouse, um, in a financial capacity that can be uncomfortable. It can be scary. And there's just so much happening with your hormones too, that affect your brain, they affect your mood, they affect your skin and your hair and all like every single function within your body 
And yet we're just expected to be like, okay, business as usual, you know, six weeks and you should be good to go. And I'm sorry. It's, there are some women that bounce, you know, back beautifully and, you know, have, have lovely postpartum stories, but I would venture to say that at least more than half of us, that is not the case. Um, and you feel pretty alone and pretty isolated. And, you know, if your partner is not supportive, it can be really difficult to, to find those ways where you can start to feel normal or find the new version of yourself. And I think that that's probably the best place to start um, is recognizing that you are no longer the same. You've had a significant thing happen, not only within your body in most cases, but I would say this is even the case for adoptive parents or, you know, people with, uh, that choose surrogate as a route or, you know, their, um, I mean, there's so many different ways to become a parent. And I think no matter which your, which route is yours, there is that loss of your identity prior to, and the forced acceptance of your identity now. And what I see happen a lot is there's just this resistance. It's like, no, I want to be who I was. When in reality, if you can take the perspective of, let me take this experience and become this next version of myself, which is, you know, a beautiful mix of the two, you, you get there a lot faster. You know, you, you are that, that whole idea of acceptance of, of current, circumstances is a very powerful thing. Um, but a lot of us, it's, it's really difficult because we just want to resist, resist, resist the things that we don't like. Um, so there's, so there's that aspect of, of that and, you know, having conversations with clients about where they're at in that moment of life, it, it really is more focused on allowance. Give yourself space. If you can't get right back into the routines that you loved and cherished before, where can you build it in a little bit? Where can you have small pockets of time that are solely just for you? Even if that is literally just stepping outside and sitting and looking at a tree, <laughs> like reading a book, whatever, something super small to, to care for yourself because there's this whole, you know, the whole connotation that as a new mom, your sole responsibility is caring for the baby. While that's true, put your own mask on first. Like that's, if you're not well, you're not serving anyone around you. And I can wholeheartedly say that I, I know what that is like. Um, I, and it's a very deep hole to dig yourself out of if you're not careful. So having support and having, really just somebody to be like, Hey, it's, it's, it's okay. If you didn't get it all done today, it's okay. If your house is a mess, it's okay. If all you did was like, get up, feed your baby and watch some trash TV. That's totally fine. (laughs) It's not, it's not terrible. Um, so, you know, there's, there's that kind of camp and then there's so many transitions in between that. And when kids are kind of you know, becoming a lot more independent. I mean, I've had to transition at, you know, my daughter is eight, about to be nine and you have the infant stage and then you have the toddler stage and then you have this like, okay, they're starting school and every stage requires you to change too. 
you're not parenting the same child because they are changing and evolving. And I think that's another place where we can give ourselves a lot more grace and space to, to be good parents is like, you're learning as you go. With each child, I would like to point out, every child is different. So what worked for your first child, you could come to the second child and be like, what the hell is happening? Like everything I did, none of it's working. <laughs> and it's because when you really look at it, like we're all individual humans. So how could the experience mm -hmm. be the same? Like if you yeah. embrace the fact that it's not going to be the same, I think you save yourself a lot of pain and suffering. Um, you know, that's very much self-inflicted. Yeah. So it's, yeah. uh, it sounds like, yeah, no, sorry to interrupt. I was just going to mm -hmm. interject quickly and say, cause the, the theme that I'm garnering from everything that you're sharing, regardless of the transition, you know, whether it's fresh out of motherhood, whether it's the toddler stage or the infant stage, it's, it's, it's a twofold, or it sounds like it's a twofold thing. It's acceptance and then it's surrendering, which I think yeah. go hand in hand. And I wanted to ask the question of when you're working with clients specifically, what are the tangible things that you are doing to essentially help them get to that place? And it sounds yeah. like maybe it could just be as simple as that permission, like that confirmation that it's okay. Like, cause I don't, I don't know. And again, I'm so curious, you know, I'm, I'm not a parent. I hope, you know, God willing one day I will be, and I'm so fascinated with these conversations. I've interviewed so many, so many of my clients who are moms already, and they always share so many incredible takeaways from their parenthood journey. It's like the ultimate portal. Yeah, <laughs> like, just it like really is. So many life lessons. And so I'm fascinated whenever I get on this topic, it's like, ah, <laughs> when I be a mom, I'm going to, when I'm going to be a mom, I'm going to remember or try <laughs> to remember yeah. all of these things. Yeah. I know my journey is going to be its own thing, but, um, but yeah, but back to the question, it's, it sounds like it's this, it's this acceptance and surrendering that needs to happen. And you are the person that is basically giving them the permission because I, I can imagine that you as the person who is trying to hold on to control and feeling like there has to be this way, they don't see beyond themselves and they yep. don't understand that actually if you release, it could be okay. So how, how are you doing that specifically, I guess, is the question I want to ask. Is it really just um, talking and confirmation of like, it's okay, like guiding them? Or you alluded to also like those small changes and shifts mm -hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. That clients can take. So speak a little bit about that. Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's very tailored to what each individual is actually dealing with currently. And so it's a, it's kind of a, I would say a two prong approach to where we're, we're evaluating, okay, where are you at right now? Why, why did you reach out for help? What is happening that you feel like you cannot get a handle on um, and why? And I think that question in and of itself can answer a lot of questions that associate with that. Um, and so awareness is probably one of the most powerful things that I've experienced personally and that I've watched other people experience. And you know, even when I was uh, working in education and, you know, kind of working with students in, a, it's a very similar kind of idea, obviously, but it's in an academic environment. And there's this moment where the light bulb just clicks on. And it is 
probably the most favorite thing that I have about working with people is where you're, you're talking about something and it's not really resonating. It doesn't really sink in. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, okay. I see that now. And it's like a block that maybe they had. And I'm, I mean, I'm telling you like the reason that I expanded beyond nutrition and fitness is because I have now uncovered so many different just underlying childhood trauma issues and things that have come up with dealing with grief and loss and all of that, that I was just like, we're so complex and we need so much support to navigate these big life things. Um, but there are these, these tiny things you can do for yourself that, like I said, you know, talking about your nervous system and things like that, it's all interconnected. So, you know, one of those things is getting up and getting sunlight first thing in the morning, just get up and go outside. Even if you just walk around the block, um, I was actually feeling a little sluggish this morning and I was like, I didn't really feel like in the mood for a super intense workout and, but I, I, I crave movement because my body's used to it. So I got up, I went for a walk, um, and tried to pick up the pace a little bit, get my heart rate up. And I was like, yeah, I'm like feeling good. I came back, I did some squats, I did some push ups, And so like, I still got a pretty great little workout in and it wasn't scripted. It wasn't super intense, but I will go through the rest of my day feeling great because I took that 30 minutes for myself to, to start my day off. Well, um, you know, things like having a full glass of water as soon as you wake up, instead of going straight for coffee, um, doing five minutes of just reviewing the day before, if that's something you do at night, if that's something you do in the morning, like what, what went well today? Where did you, where did you feel bad? Where did you feel good? Like, where are the moments that you have in life right now that are actually really great that you're just overlooking because you're so focused on the stuff that's not working? And that awareness and that attention that you've just, that shift is massive. It does not happen overnight, I will say. Um, It is Mm -hmm. a kind of two steps forward, 10 steps back kind of process to the point where, I mean, I've been doing this work on myself for like seven years now. And I still have moments where I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, okay. Yep. Wasn't really paying attention to that, but, but I get it now, you know, and it's just these little trigger points. I will say kids are the most triggering people in your life. Like when you do become a parent, it's like all the things that are lying underneath, like your kid will do something and your reaction. If you're not, if you're not aware of how you react and how you want to react, you can very easily overlook that. But now I'm in this place where my daughter will do something that triggers me and I'm like, okay, we got to do a little work there. It's not her fault. That's Mm -hmm. my stuff, right? Like that's nothing to do with her. And, you know, I think there's so many, it, it, this work has made me a better parent in so many ways to the point where, you know, I have, she's, she's a very, uh, kind of intelligent and mature in her language. And so she'll apologize for her behavior. Occasionally she did this with one of my best friends, had her for the day the other day. And she got, um, an attitude because she wanted something from the gift shop. And I guess like 30 or 40 minutes later, she was like, I'm really sorry about how I acted. And my friend was like, wow. Okay. Oh my gosh. 
And she's telling me this story and tells me like, I can't forget exactly like the words that she used, but I looked at my friend and I was like, that's how I talked to her. <laughs> like, So it's that. Talk about a moment of like, yeah. you know, cause I, I hear all the time. It's like your kids are, I mean, and they do, you know, it's like you are the models for your children. Yeah. So it's all the little details that you pick up many, which I imagine you don't even know that oh, you're yeah. not aware of. What a beautiful yeah. <laughs> testament. Well, and it's it's interesting too, because I would I would really challenge people that if your kids are doing something that you are very adverse to, if there's a habit, uh you know, any anything that they're doing that really just kind of like irks you for no reason, it seems like, dig a little deeper because I'm going to guess that it's probably something that you as a child were made to feel bad about, or you were, maybe it was a resistance thing. Like, you know, a lot of us that are, you know, my age, I mean, I'm 42. I think a lot of us grew up with parents that were like, you know, kids, kids should be seen and not heard and like, keep your opinions to yourself and things like that. And there's a lot of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that trickles down because that's how you were raised. And so you kind of immediately just imprinted on your kids if you're not paying attention. So yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating once you start to become aware and, yeah. and pay attention, but I would, you know, kind of circling back yeah. to your question, I would say awareness is one of the things that we work on from the very beginning. And then it's just those small habit changes. Like, you know, we're not going to go in and completely eliminate all the things that you're doing wrong. It's more about feeding in the things that will be helpful versus stripping you of everything. So like a lot of people are worried about, you know, elimination diets and things like that. And the, the perspective is just focused on the wrong thing. Like, look at what you're gaining instead of what you're losing. And that little mind shift can give you a lot as well. So, you know, a lot of, a lot of our work is rooted in just shifting your mind. Your thoughts are very powerful. Um, and the stories we tell ourselves are very powerful. And if you start to pay attention to the underlying things that are happening in your life, you, the story will start to reveal itself and then you get to choose and you're like, is this the story that I actually want? Because, you know, mm, it's a newsflash yes. for some people, but like yeah. you get to choose. There's nobody, there's no puppet master running you around going, this is what you have to spend your time on. We all have choices every single day and we can, we can make those work for us instead of against us. Yeah, no, 1000%. I couldn't agree more. And the more that you're speaking to the awareness piece, um, the more that it's becoming apparent to me that your work so, so much, and it's so fascinating to know that, you know, you started in only the, the physical kind of nutrition, you know, outward kind of thing, um, sphere, and it's evolved to be so much deeper through all of the experience that you that you spoke to, you know, the loss of your father, you becoming a parent. And I imagine too, with women and working with your clients, there have also been so many opportunities to learn and garner so many insights. And I've seen this firsthand from from my client interactions. Well, I think I expressed to you in working in our strategy process together that every 
time I go into a collaboration with a client, I always think, okay, I'm, I'm going into this to, to serve them, but I'm always left so surprised at how my clients help to serve me. Awesome. <laughs> and it's such like a yeah. beautiful symbiotic exchange. Um, and so I imagine, I guess I'm curious and I, I, I want to ask how have working with your clients one-on-one specifically helped also to almost strengthen this line of work, like deepen your, your knowledge, your understanding um, with all that you're doing with the whole pursuit? Oh my gosh. In so, so many ways. I mean, I think I, I am a curious person by nature. I would absorb all the information about all the things if my brain could handle it. Um, so I, I am fascinated by people. I think, um, you know, learning people's stories and backgrounds is somewhat of a, you know, has become like a hobby of mine. I just being in sales professionally for such a long time, it's, uh, just kind of comes naturally, but the, I, I, I gain more empathy. I gain more just awareness of people outside of my own experience. So like, you know, we tend to gravitate towards people that are similar and it, because we're, you know, our, our ancestral roots are, are rooted in tribes and in, in community and having that kind of, um, that deep compatibility and connection with a peer group. And most of us don't have that anymore. And if we do, it's, it's very much related to our profession because that's just how our society has, has kind of evolved. And so I think there's this, this beautiful awareness that I've gotten on how interconnected we all are, regardless of where we came from, regardless of our upbringing. And there's this, just this human component that it connects us no matter what. And if you are able to see that in others, it opens your mind and your heart in such a profound way where you can actually look at other people and just be grateful to, to share a smile or share, you know, a quick conversation in the grocery line. Like I have the most random conversations with people where I'm just like, that was fantastic. And I walk away like, I will never see that person again. I love conversations. I know they're They're the the best. best. (laughs) They're the best. I mean, that's how you and I met as a random conversation. So it's just like, you just don't, you really don't know. And I think, you know, dealing with clients that are at different phases of, of their, life and their journey, it reminds me of the growth that I've had. And it also reminds me that there's so much more to do, um, which to me is exciting. I think to some people that might, might feel a little overwhelming, but I think, you know, we have this kind of idea that, uh, you know, health, vitality, um, wellness, success is all a destination and it's not. Yeah. It's not at all. Like we have this like beautiful opportunity to just like treat every day, like a brand new chance to do something wildly different. And most of us don't choose to do it because it's, it's scary. Um, and so when I have the opportunity to, to talk to new people and to work with people in a coaching capacity, um, you know, I typically end up making a new friend, which is always amazing. Um, but you know, I think I also give them the, the space and capacity to just accept themselves for being like 
just an amazing human just because you exist and that's all you need to do. There isn't some type of prescriptive, you need to accomplish this or that to be valuable. Um, And so I think that I'm constantly reminded that I need to tell myself that um, and to tell the people around me that because I think we're so focused on, you know, hitting benchmarks and, and things that, you know, yes, they're important and it's good to have goals, but it's also important to recognize that you don't need any of that to be valuable. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so true. And talk about your relationships as mirrors, yes. <laughs> your relationships mirroring back to you. Um, it, both like what to, what you alluded to earlier with, with your daughter of where you need to look at yourself, but also um, to strengthen and uplevel you in a way. Yep. Um, and I imagine too, at least for me working with clients and witnessing you mentioned that like light bulb moment of that awareness. It's like, I get that same feeling too. I mean, I, I so deeply felt that working with you when we, we got through the strategy process together and there was this like light bulb moment of clarity and all of that. It's like, ah, yeah. Um, which actually brings me to a question I wanted to ask you. I wanted to dive into this, um, idea of, of like qualification essentially, which is, you know, what makes someone qualified to do something? And I think for any, personal entre, you know, solo, solopreneur, we could call them one, one woman team or show anyone mm-hmm. starting their businesses, looking to start their business or currently running their business. There's always the sense of like imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. everyone's felt it, everyone navigates it of like, who am I to do this? Or you compare yourself to someone else. Um, and, and, and it can get debilitating, you know, and then you're le- left like questioning who you are and all that stuff. Um, but I think what I found and, you know, that stuff will come up here and there. And I think on this whole topic of awareness, it really is the trick to just bringing it to conscious awareness, coming back to like, actually, no, you know, I, I've done this, I've done that. And what I found is leaning on those moments where you've gotten the confirmation and reassurance that you're actually doing a good thing. So whether that's yeah. a client testimonial or you've personally witnessed transformation yourself or through your client or all that. So I'm curious when it comes to you, have, what have been the nudges or I guess the, the, the little bits of confirmation that have reaffirmed for you that you are meant to be doing this work? Um, oh my gosh. I feel like, so I've recently started kind of, uh, referring to those moments as glimmers. I saw this online somewhere and it was like the little Mm -hmm. spark of, of joy or, you know, whatever that something brings you. And, um, so I have a lot of those moments. Um, you know, it's, I think when you can help someone accomplish something or, or help them see a struggle in a, in a new perspective and, and take something away from that, there's, that is just amazing to me. Um, you know, I, I do think for a long time, I struggled with the idea that I do have something valuable to offer. Um, you know, years of, of perfectionism and achievement and things like that were like, if it's not done exactly right, then it's not worth it. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think just myself, you know, working with coaches and, and doing this work and understanding that, um, you know, perfect is a, is a, is a myth and it's, it's something that is completely unachievable. And quite honestly, I think it's the idea of it was created to keep people small. I think we're all capable of absolute greatness. And I think a lot of us put ourselves in a box and then we never open the lid. And it's, 
it's so incredibly sad to me when I come across people that just have an absolute gorgeous spirit and they're just like allowing themselves to be stuck in something that doesn't serve them. Um, but there's anytime I have a conversation with someone and they walk away feeling better. I'm like, this is a hundred percent what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I, I, I think that we all have the capacity to just feel a little bit better living our life. Like, I mean, and there's so many scenarios and instances where we just resist and resist and keep ourselves in this, um, you know, I call it the river of misery. Like we're just floating down with, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I was there for a hot minute myself and just, you know, uh, existing and not embracing all of the things around me that I think can remind you that, that life is pretty freaking awesome. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of cool shit, a lot of cool shit to do and to see and to be, and like, you don't have to just pick one. I mean, I'm already thinking now I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm slightly less than halfway through what I figure my life will be. I kind of anticipate living to be about a hundred. Um, so we'll see if I end up in a blue zone, which topic for another day, but, um, (laughs) you know, I I think you're on the right track. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I'm like, I, I actually had this, this came up in a conversation, uh, probably a couple years ago now where I had this aha moment myself. And it was this idea that we ask children when they're young, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then they pick an arbitrary profession, you know, most of them are like, Oh, a veterinarian or a firefighter or whatever, all the like storybook things. Right. And I started asking my daughter, I was like, what kind of life do you want to have instead? Like you can be a hundred different things. We are in constant evolution as humans, our interests change, our things like there's, there's no reason to say that, you know, in a year from now, I could be an investment banker if I wanted to be like, there's, why not? Why not? And so I started asking her that instead. And she is now starting to describe the type of life she wants to have. And so then you can build from that and say, okay, well, these, like at the time you become an adult, these are the activities that you could do that will help you get to that point. And instead of it being focused on money, instead of it being focused on achievement or, you know, fulfilling the fantasies of your parents or whatever, you know, what kind of life do you want to have? And if you don't have it today, what can you do to get there in a year, in five years, in 10 years, like actionable steps? Because honestly, it's not that hard. Like, it's Mm. just about taking the action to say, this is not what I want anymore. I want to change it and I'm going to do this. And yet, yeah, majority of us are, are stuck in that because yeah. we have all these external messages telling us to, to stay kind of stuck. I love, 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 love that question for your daughter. I'm pocketing that one for yeah, my it's future. A, it's a good <laughs> one. I tell everybody. I love it. That it's is just a really, really good one. Yeah. yeah, but there's there's so much truth to that because you're right. Like 
when I look back at my, there was like a period when I was in fourth grade where I wanted to be, cause like this is when Britney Spears and NSYNC were popping off in the early yes. 90s and I was like, or late 90s. And I'm like, I want to be part of a, I want to be a singer and I want to be part of, you know, a, a, a girl group, you know, right. girl band, whatever, with my cousins. And we came up with this band name and all of that. But if, if someone had asked me that question when I was in fourth grade, I mean, I don't even know what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm thinking about, and I, I, I feel like it, it isn't just in the last couple of years that I have leaned into asking that question for myself, given now the freedom that I feel like I have with my business, because yep. prior to me starting my business, it was, you know, the nine to five life. And it was this narrative that I was stuck in that this is just the way life is yes. because I've seen yes. it modeled in everyone in my surroundings, all my friends, all my family members, you know, I'm, I was born in Poland, very immigrant traditional upbringing. So security safety tradition, that was like, I mean, that was what you wanted to aspire to and just get married, settle down, have the family. And it wasn't up until I left my job and took the leap to be my own business owner. And I also had this really radical ending of a long-term relationship where I thought, you know, this was going to be my person, a six year long endeavor. And then when that collapsed, I'm like, oh my God, like, what am I doing? Like I'm in my late twenties. And that was the moment for me where I was like, okay, well, if this isn't what I thought life is going to be, then I guess I could really choose to make it what I want at this point. (laughs) And it was this whole collapsing of the systems and all that. And if we go back to those light bulb moments, I think life had to just like slap me so hard in the face to help me recognize that lesson. Yeah. And I think I imagine the hope for you working with clients is like, you don't want clients to have to hit those rock bottoms for them to realize those lessons. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I think you can guide them to, yeah, informing that and make that a little bit easier. Granted, like that expression, like you could lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But maybe there could be some things along the way that that you could do um, that could essentially make their journey faster. Because while you can't necessarily force them ultimately on them, I am such a firm believer that maybe you could at least plant the seeds that could help their journey unravel faster or, or, or whatever that looks like. Yeah. I actually have a great example of that because obviously like my husband spends a lot of time listening to me talk about all of these things. And, um, while I've never coached him directly, um, you know, I think after (laughs) 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 or maybe willingly, like he hasn't really been ready to receive that. Um, you know, I think once you start down this path of, of coaching and I mean, I, an educator and trainer. And so like, it's, it's very much in my wheelhouse. So I don't know that this would be the same for everybody, but, um, he said something, um, it was a couple weeks ago now. And I, I was like, not facing him. I was looking the other way. And I was just like, did that just come out of his mouth? I was like, it was something he was telling our daughter something. And I was just like, Oh, and I walked back in the room and he's like, see, I listen sometimes. And I was just like, I'm going to fall over now. (laughs) So it it is about the seeds, like the seeds are it. And it's, you know, I think I'm so glad you, you actually brought it up like that, because I think that's really the, the thing I would love for people to take away about this work. You know, if you're considering coaching or therapy or, you know, just 
whatever method to help yourself feel better, it's, it's to know that just even that idea is a seed. And the idea that you could feel better is a seed. And the idea that you, mm-hmm. that you could financially take care of those things that are lingering and, and weighing you down, that like there's a seed of possibility there. And that is the, the starting point for so much amazingness. Um, you know, if I, if I hadn't had coaching in the realm of my awareness and my first experience working with a coach, she actually reached out to me on Instagram because of something I posted. I had heard of coaching. It was not in my realm. Um, it was a huge financial investment for me at the time. Um, but it was a seed and it has blossomed into this and me really intent on making this my life's work. So if, if you're thinking about it, have the conversation, make the phone call. Like there's so much on the other side of that little seed of possibility. And, you know, the, the thing that I love about coaching versus, you know, kind of any other option is that you, you get continuous seeds from your coach and then you're also taught how to water it yourself. And like, the goal isn't that you're going to have to work with the same coach forever or even for a super extended period of time. Like I, I structure my programs in six or 12 months because that allows me enough time for a client to experience life and for us to work through it together. Um, and then at the end of whatever that time frame is, you know, it could be six months, it could be two years it at the end of that you have cultivated this this foundation of self support self love self awareness and the ability to step into the life that you want to have because now you have the tools to do it and you know that there's always somebody there that you can reach out to for that kind of support, but you don't need it necessarily all the time. And as your life transitions, you might need different, like I needed a grief coach. That's not somebody I would employ all the time, right? It's not, not somebody I would partner with except for in those acute scenarios. Whereas, you know, a a general life coach, that could be somebody you work with for two to three years as you're transitioning a bunch of different things in life. And the the thing that yeah. I think is amazing about it is that the tools are are pretty versatile. So I don't think that it matters necessarily what you're going through. Once you have this this toolbox to take with you, you really do have the capability to kind of just deal with everything life throws at you. Um yeah. and and that is what I think is is really so important and why it's amazing that there are so many different types of coaches and it's amazing that there are so many people getting exposed to this work because it really is only going to help our society overall. Like it's just going to help people in general. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree. I, I can speak from my own experience as well with coaching. Um, you know, I, and I think about this all the time where it's like, you know, did I need the coaches? I mean, I could say no. I could have done it myself. I could have figured it out, but it would have taken me so much longer. So, I mean, like, just if like I said, co- working with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, it's like someone outsourcing something that you are unsure of, you know, where you mm-hmm. don't, where you need extra guidance on. You could absolutely always do that yourself. And I think 
you and I are very similar where we're so type A driven, you know, all the things that, you know, if push came to shove, we would have figured it out. Right. But this idea of ease that I'm really trying to lean into in this season of my life, like how can, how can life just be a little bit easier? Because I'm such a firm believer that we as humans just intentionally make it hard on ourselves. A lot of it is unconscious and, you know, it is that work where we have to dive deep and, and garner that awareness. But oftentimes we're doing it to ourselves and we could just <laughs> yes. make it a lot easier. So coaching for me was that decision where, you know, it's an investment. It definitely is, but it was so worthwhile because I garnered so much. I learned so much about myself, my business, all the things in all aspects of my life. And it just made the journey so much faster where now I'm, I'm three years into my business and it's been unfolding. I mean, it's, it has not been easy by any means, right. but all the the entire time it is so fulfilling because I know it's what I love doing. And similar to you, it's the the client transformations, working with the people that continue to give me that reaffirmant that I'm meant to be on this path. I'm meant to be doing. So it's all those things. So I love everything you shared. And I hope, yeah, people listening who have been on the fence and are, have ever been curious about it, just consider, um, consider the the possibility. And like you said, mm-hmm. that analogy of the seeds and all that, because you never, never, never know. So, yeah. Um, but just, this, this has been such a magical conversation and just to like tie the bow on the, the, the whole topic of qualifications. I mean, hearing, I mean, I've already known your journey from us working together and your story and all the different differentiating points and things that make you unique, but hearing you dive deeper in this conversation about at all that you navigated, just, I just want to echo to you and share that. Oh my gosh, you are, <laughs> you are the perfect person truly <laughs> to be doing this work given all that you've navigated in your life. And just the, you said the word curiosity, which I love. And I, I've been leaning into that for me because, and I realized for myself, that is the driver for so much of what I do. It's this openness and this willingness to learn, always taking new information. And you have such a, you have such a fire <laughs> in you. And I could just feel so viscerally your energy and capacity to dive deeper into this and dive deeper into the work and support more people. So thank you for sharing your story. Um, it's it's honestly so inspiring. And again, just want to share that I'm so excited <laughs> for you to take whole pursuit to the next level, because as I mentioned at the beginning, you're currently still at your full-time opportunity and whole pursuit has been a side thing, but I just see so much bigness for you, especially you. given everything that we touched on in this conversation. So yeah. I just wanted to shine <laughs> that your way. Thank you. I, I one just thank you. I appreciate that so much. It's it's wonderful to be uh, to be seen and appreciated for the things that you're passionate about, and I think that that's um, that's an incredible gift. And I. I I do just also want to say that that is very much something that came out of our process together. I think I was really really stuck with this idea of of inauthenticity and portraying something that, you know, was a kind of reader's digest uh shiny version of of myself and you really really helped me to to peel back that idea and to be you know, unapologetically, authentically me in this process. And it has felt so incredible. And I actually, um, there's a, a page on Instagram that I follow. Um, she's called the holistic psychologist and 
her work is fantastic, but her. she, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. like fangirl. Like if I, like yeah. she's on my, she's on my list. Like I would love, I would yeah. love to just have a conversation with her, but um, her work has helped me tremendously just from afar, like her books and her, her content. Um, and she posted something, uh, it might've been yesterday or the day before. And it was like, when did you realize you were healing? And my response was when it felt easy just to be myself, like instead mm -hmm. of it feeling like I had to put on some type of, of, of a little bit of a mask or a show or whatever, you know, when you're, when you grow up as a people pleaser, there's a lot of that. And, um, it was that just hit me and I was just like, wow, like I actually, it feels easy now. Um, and I think our work really helped me in that process a lot with, you know, just kind of finding my voice in a, in a new way and something that is who I am now versus who I was a few years ago before dealing with, you know, some pretty heavy things. So thank you. It's, yeah. it's oh. been an amazing, amazing process to work with you. Oh, thank you. I receive that. And I appreciate all of your words so, so much. I, I mentioned before every client process, I unearthed something really special, but our work together, especially to what you just touched on was a massive light bulb moment for me, especially when we were looking at your Instagram pages and your Pinterest boards and that exercise where I'm like, yeah. hold on a second. There's a little bit of a disconnect because so for people listening to give a little context, um, there's this really fun exercise I have my clients do when we're diving into strategy where I have them um, share their Pinterest boards, what they're pinning, that's their personal board. And then I have them share their, their brand boards. And Jess's personal board was really her, her, her personal self. It was more of this dark, edgy, spiritual kind of really alluring vibe. But then her business board with this was this very clean, minimalist, more kind of like organic, the stereotypical, st stereotypical, I will say more common, um, like, uh, nutrition, coaching, yeah. wellness brand. And so it was so clear visually to see the disconnect there. And what ultimately came to be was the realization that there needs to be more of Jess's inherent imbuing <laughs> of self in the brand. And I think what I've, from that, just like little experience <laughs> from that experiment that we did together, like I mentioned, that light bulb moment for me came on where I'm like, oh my gosh, I've been doing this with clients, but I didn't realize it like this, like apparently to this capacity. And it almost reaffirmed for me the reason why more people need to lean into their unique selves. Because I think there's such a trap that we fall into where there's so oftentimes we so want to be like someone else or there's an industry standard where, okay, you know, and you're in corporate, you need to be a little bit more professional and polished. And if you're doing yoga, you need to be earthy, hippie, crunchy granola. But like, what about if you're like different? What if you listen to like, I don't know, grunge music, right? but you also do yoga, like can you be an edgy yoga, like <laughs> that's what differentiates you and makes you stand apart. So I'm just so grateful for our process together, Jess. And um, for honestly navigating that together to help us unpack that, because I, like I mentioned, took so much away, um, truly just as much as you did. So it was so fulfilling. And I want to use the word symbiotic yeah. <laughs> to describe that <laughs> such a balanced, lovely yeah. exchange. So I'm so, so grateful. Um, but to, uh, to close our conversation, I want to just ask three closing questions that I love to end, um, each conversation with, with clients. So the first is I want to know what does the word purpose mean to you? Oh wow! Um, 
I think purpose mm-hmm. is the thing that gets you out of bed on the days where everything else just feels a little heavy. Like there's this little bit of fire that exists in all of us. And, you know, it could be your kids. It could be your, your, your family, your pets, traveling, whatever that little, that little spark of fire is, I think, um, is, is what your purpose is. And if you are, um, if you're brave enough to listen and to, to pay attention to it mm-hmm. and you, and you can really step into it, it's pretty magical. Yeah. Do you currently feel like you're living your purpose? Yeah. Like, I mean, as soon as I leave the full-time yeah. job, it'll be like even more real, but yeah, like, I mean, the last couple of weeks have been yeah. uh, phenomenal. Like the energy that comes from the energy that comes from doing something that you find meaningful or that you find, you know, just pure enjoyment out of, um, it's amazing how it can open you up and give you, uh, you know, kind of the strength and the capacity to deal with the things that maybe are not your favorite. Um, so yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Um, so this next question is for anyone who's navigating, um, some doubt or fears around starting that side hustle, that passion project, whatever it is, what piece of advice would you give to them? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think there's, there's two things that I would say. One is give yourself grace. Um, not everyone has that spark to do something different. So first just appreciate yourself for, for having that awareness and whatever your reason behind it is, you know, allow yourself to just say, this is awesome that I want to do something. And the other thing is, you know, give yourself the, the runway to do it in the, in the way that makes the most sense for you. So if that is, you know, a very slow burn and you want to start really small, so you're still having the time and energy for the other things in your life, um, you know, be flexible with it. I think I've, um, I found that consistency far outweighs the, uh, you know, the huge output of effort once in a while. So if you can get up every day and give yourself 30 minutes towards that goal or, you know, do it at the end of the day, wherever you can squeeze it in, um, you will have that invigoration that just kind of continues to be there. Um, and, and don't let yourself off the hook. If it's something you want, go after it, like meaningfully go after it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Um, and then the last question. So as you know, my brand is all about the home and I'm calling this podcast, the homecomings podcast, um, with the intention to inspire people to find the meaning of home for themselves. So I want to know what is your favorite memory of home or when you think of the word home, what comes to mind? Oh, um, so I, I think if, if I think of the word home from being a kid, it reminds me of holidays at my grandparents' house. Um, Mm. like all, you know, all the family together, the special, one thing that sticks out from being young is, uh, my Grammy always had these special ice cream bowls that were, they look like ice cream sundaes and like the spoons were little like cones and whatever. So that's one thing it's, it's evolved now into, um, you know, wherever my, my husband and my daughter are. And whenever I'm with people, that are my home. You know, I don't think it, it doesn't necessarily remind me of a physical space anymore. It's more about 
the, the feeling that you get when you're with your people and, um, you know, that, that kind of comfort that comes along with that. I love that. And so interesting, but also beautiful how not only your, has your business transitioned from just the physical <laughs> into the more emotional and <laughs> mental and spiritual, but the, your meaning of home has transitioned that way too. So yeah, I don't, I don't, good catch. I, I hadn't caught that. Yeah, good little overlap there. <laughs> Oh, just this was so great. Such a magical conversation. Can you share with people where they can find you if they want to work with you, um, yeah. what you offer, how they can get in touch, all the things? Absolutely. Um, so my website is thewholepursuitcoach.com. Um, you can learn all about me there, um, all about my you know goofy, crazy uh, style and perspective. And then I'm currently working with one-on-one -on -one clients for either six or 12 months. Um, I am getting ready to introduce uh, a little bit of a group offering. So uh, I've had some success with, you know, uh, best friends working together or, um, you know, sisters or something like that. So if you have an accountability buddy that you want to go down this journey with pretty soon, there will be an offer uh, for that as well. So amazing. Thank you so much again, Jess. This was such a magical conversation and I cannot wait to get it out into the world. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Hi again, it's me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hopefully you were able to garner some takeaways and nuggets for your personal home journey. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you left a rating and review. And if you'd like to connect deeper, find me at Studio Dumka on Instagram, where I share content on all things home, of course. Sending a big, cozy, homey hug your way, friends. Till next time.